brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? Get in touch with technology with Tech Stuff from HowStuffWorks.com. Hello again, everyone. Welcome to Tech Stuff. My name is Chris Paulette, and I'm an editor here at HowStuffWorks.com. Sitting across from me, as always, is senior writer Jonathan Strickland. Just remember what your old friend Jack Burton says. Yes, sir, the check is in the mail. All right then. That's that's from that's from Big Trouble in Little China. Oh, okay. It's a great movie. It has nothing to do with our podcast today. No, because we're we're actually going to talk about the uh, the iPhone four. Yes, this was a topic that we have received many, many, many requests about. In fact, we received requests about it before the iPhone four debuted. And um, here's a secret for you guys: we don't get uh, pre-release devices. Ever, yep. really. Uh, we don't have companies send us these things. We don't review them. So uh, it's hard for us to report on things that haven't come out yet because we don't get our hands on them ourselves. We have to rely on information just like most of you do. But now that the iPhone 4 has been out for a while and uh, uh, for a while being a couple of days, uh, we can kind of talk a little bit about it and what makes it different from the previous iPhones. Now, mm-hmm. We are going to avoid, for the most part, discussions of iOS 4 because we're going to do that in a separate podcast since the operating system works on devices besides just the iPhone 4. That's correct. So we're mostly going to look at the hardware here. And we may talk about a couple of features that are iOS 4 features, but they're unique to the iPhone 4 right now. Mm Mm-hmm. So let's start by talking about how it's different from previous iPhones. And if you were to set an iPhone 4 next to an iPhone 3GS, you would notice some differences right away. Yes, for one thing, it's flat like Anne Halibut. Yes, and Anne Halibut. His name is Eric. <laughs> um, so the old iPhone 3G and 3GS, and actually the, every design up until the iPhone 4, had kind of a rounded back. Yes, which meant that it wouldn't sit flat when you set it down on a table. Well, sort of flat. Yeah, well, not. it kind of wobbled a little bit because it was rounded just enough so that it would kind of not sit perfectly flat. Um, and some people thought that was irritating. Some people didn't care. Uh, in fact, a lot of the reviews I've read where they've talked about the design, they've said, you know, we didn't have any issues with the old design, but it is kind of cool to see a new design. Yes. You know, the Apple is... is Moving forward, they're not resting on their laurels. Well, this one is uh, flat, flat, yeah. like in flat on both sides. Right. Um, uh, and glass on both sides. That's true. Unlike uh, previous versions, um, the uh, the iPhone 4 has glass on both sides. Um, it's 0.37 inches thick, 4.5 inches tall, 2.31 inches wide, weighs 4.8 ounces. Uh, has a 3.5 inch display with uh, 326 pixels per inch. Um, and the glass, by the way, is aluminum-based ceramic glass. Uh, it's very, very tough. Although, uh, you know, don't go playing soccer with it because it will break. Uh, if yeah. you drop your iPhone 4 and it breaks and you say, well, Tech Stuff said it was really tough. I'm like, I, I think when they say really tough, they're saying, well, we figure you're eventually going to put it in a pocket with your keys. And it might win a fight with your keys or your cat's claws, but it probably will not win a fight with a set of concrete steps. It might not even win a fight with your keys over a prolonged yes, uh, prolonged use. So here's the thing is that the iPhone 4 is brand new. So it's really until people have had this for a while and these these phones have had some uh, some pretty good use 
Um, we're not really going to know for sure. Yeah, we're not going to know. It may be that these scratches show up in time, but but it, it seems to be a pretty hardy uh, design so far. Um, also, that that glass we talked about, mm-hmm. it has an oleophobic coating. Yes, which is supposed to kind of keep smudges away. Uh, it's supposed to, you know, the, the, the oleophobic means that the oils in your skin aren't supposed to be able to cling to that glass. It's supposed to not accumulate. Um, but from what I've seen, uh, it's a smudge magnet. Um, if it's like the coating on my first-generation <laughs> iPod Touch, it's probably going to do a reasonably decent job at avoiding smudges. If it's more like the coating on my iPad, um, it will uh, end up needing to be wiped down about every 23 seconds or so. Yeah, I'm thinking it's going to be more like the iPad. Um, so the the especially from what I've been reading, mm-hmm. I don't own an iPhone 4. Nor do I. So we can't really talk about this from personal use perspective. Um, I have held one. Oh, really? Yeah. Where was that? I got friends who own one. You've been cheating on me I can't with other help. people who know things about tech. I've got all right. I've got some friends who are Apple fanatics. Yeah, and, I mean, I'm I like Apple. All right, I know I got the uh, anti Mac bias rep early on in tech stuff, but that's just not true. Um, but I'm not a fanatic. You know, I don't go right. out there and buy the product as soon as it hits the market. I do that for Android. Uh, the that's not entirely no, I've never true I've never stood in a line for an Apple product. Yeah, Actually, yeah no, that that's was, not true. That was the very first iMac in 1998. That was the last time I stood right, in a well, line. So you're older and wiser now, yes. or at least older. Well, so I just the, don't feel like standing in a line anymore. So you're older and lazier now. That's it. So the uh, yeah the, the the it's a it's a neat little device. I mean, it's mm-hmm. you know it's nice design. I like it a lot. Well, uh, they have they have done have made quite a few improvements to it. For example, uh, the camera. Yes, it's a five megapixel camera. Yes, um, it has a larger. The the most important thing, since we've done the uh, the megapixel myth uh, busting in our previous podcast, mm-hmm. uh, it, it has a larger image sensor. Yeah, um, it's got it's got really good uh, color detection and and. Uh, contrast features as well. From what I understand, the pictures that you take with this camera do tend to be very sharp, and and the colors are very true to what the actual colors are. So apparently, you know, as a uh, camera in a phone, it it serves quite well. And and in fact, we should go ahead and say there's not just one. There are two two. lenses. Mm -hmm. The one on the back that that uh, people traditionally use, I guess, if you will, for for taking photos that you might, say, upload to Flickr or yeah. you know, put on your Facebook profile. That's the, that's the big one. That's, yeah, the, that's got the, the larger uh, photo size and right. um, photo sensor on it. So yeah, there's a forward facing and a back facing camera. The forward facing camera is used uh, for other features like FaceTime. Well, you can also use the back facing camera for FaceTime if you want to. And we'll get into FaceTime in a little bit. That's mm-hmm. one of those I- iOS four features that is unique right now to the iPhone four. Yes. I'm sure eventually it'll come to other devices, but right now the iPhone 4 is the only thing that can run it. Um, um, before we leave the camera thing, though, yes. I feel like I should mention the LED. Oh, yes, uh, it has a flash. flash. Uh, I, I feel like if it's an LED, maybe we should put flash in quotes, but uh, it does function that way. You can turn it on even for video mode. Yeah. If you want to record video, uh, you can use your iOS, I, iPhone 4 for that purpose. Hello, let me trip over that. Yep. And uh, you can use the LED flash to take still photos or leave it on for video recording. Yeah, so now you don't have to worry about those low-light 
situations as much where you know you take the photo and then eventually you look at it and you realize you can't make out any of the details the LED should help a little bit with that now granted you're still not going to be able to go into pitch black and and uh, rooms and take a picture and expect full detail but it'll help um, you were mentioning the display the 326 pixels per square inch display yes it's a uh, the uh, the the full resolution is 940 by 640 pixels mm-hmm. um that 326 pixels per square inch, the, the, when Jobs announced this at the Worldwide Developers Conference, mm-hmm. um, he called it a retina display. Yes. And the claim was that the human eye is only capable of detecting around 300 pixels per inch at a distance of around 10 or 11 inches from your face. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's not entirely true. Um, your ability to detect... That kind of, of resolution, the number of pixels per inch, depends on several factors. The main one being distance from your eyes. Mm-hmm. So yeah, between like nine and twelve inches, it may be somewhere in the realm of four hundred pixels per inch. That's not to say that the display isn't gorgeous. It is beautiful. It's probably the best looking display I've ever seen on a phone. Wow, really? Um, so I still haven't seen one in person yet. I have not seen the Evo. Which has a very okay. good screen as well. Yeah, I've heard good things about that one. But too. out of all the ones I have seen, it is the sharpest image I've ever. I, it, it's beautiful. The yes. colors are very vibrant. Um, you, you don't really see that pixelation that you can see on a lot of other devices. Uh, so even though the claim that this is that it's a greater resolution than the human eye can possibly detect is probably not entirely accurate, mm-hmm. I don't think it matters. That's nitpicking. Yeah. Like, if, if I were to stand up and say, Mr. Jobs, I I beg to differ. At uh, 10 inches, I can detect 407 pixels per inch, and that's greater than your 320-whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I would expect to be ejected immediately from the conference because that is nitpicking. The display is amazing. Um, so... Uh, Another thing that you'll notice if you're just looking at the the phone before you've even turned it on, oh, it, yes. it has buttons. Yes, it does have buttons. Yeah, something that you don't expect to see on an Apple device necessarily. They try to get away from that as much as possible. But yeah, it has uh, it has dedicated volume up and volume down buttons as opposed to the little uh, mono button that it used to have. Yeah, yeah, um, they uh, they found out that people actually want that. I think. Yeah, I think I think it just works better. Um, also, another thing that is noticeable is that it has sort of an aluminum border along the edge. Well, it's not actually aluminum. No, it's not, but that's what it looks like. Oh yeah, yeah. It's um it's actually that's the that serves as an antenna, actually two antennas. Yes, it does. There's yeah. one that's the Wi-Fi Bluetooth antenna, one that's the Edge 3G antenna. Mm-hmm. This uh, also has caused some issues which I guess we can talk about really quickly. Um, it turns out that if you hold the phone a certain way, known as now and forever the wrong way, um, that you could bridge the gap between these two antenna. Mm-hmm. And by bridging the gap, you sort of create one long antenna. And the thing about antenna, one of the things about antenna, is that uh, the length of the antenna... helps determine how efficient that antenna is at picking up the signals. Right. It needs to be a particular length in order to pick up certain frequencies of radio signals efficiently. Mm -hmm. So if you hold the the phone in a certain way so that you're bridging that gap, you've created a long antenna. It's not as efficient at at picking up signals, and you may notice that your reception 
suffers as a result. People right. have said that, you know, they'll look at the phone. It'll have, let's say, four bars of reception. Mm-hmm. And then they pick the phone up and they look at it and it either loses one or two bars immediately. Well, it's because they're bridging that gap. Uh, Apple's response to this, Steve Jobs' response to this, actually, in an email was, you're holding it wrong. <laughs> so either don't hold it that way or buy one of our Apple iPhone 4 cases yeah. that will... Uh, create, you know, by putting it in the case, you no longer are going to have contact with the antenna. You won't make that right. problem happen. Uh, this has caused some journalists to criticize Apple. Sure. Because it's the first time that they've offered an actual Apple case right. for, for one of their products, for sale for one of their products. And uh, the, uh, well, not the only time, but yeah. They well, have that bumper and it, it does appear, you know. In the sense that it's not a this the, instead of going with the third party thing they've gone this is an apple produced case that is supposed to solve this problem and it's an additional $30 it, it, so for the say conspiracy theorists they might say oh so you're not going to give us a free uh bumper which is what apple's calling it right um so you're automatically you knew about this and you're doing this this is what some conspiracy right. theorists or they're, say. or they're just saying like oh so what you're telling us is you you've got a flaw in your design and instead of fixing instead it. of fixing it or giving us a fix the the legitimate customers you're telling the customers like oh well here's the the device but if you want it to work you need to buy this it's almost like extortion right um that's what some people are criticizing Apple about. Sure. Uh, again, um, now personally, I did not notice this because I did not know about that that particular issue mm-hmm. when I was handling the iPhone four, so I didn't even know think to look for it. Um, I, I had not heard about it, so uh, I can't report from personal experience if it's you know the case or not. Well, apparently, some it. it Seems to affect people who are left-handed a little bit more frequently. Yes, and uh, I am of the sinister persuasion, so it would hit me. <laughs> um, and apparently, a uh, from what I, I read, there is a, a left-handed uh, group and that uh, a sinister sent, group. Yeah, that sent a uh, criticism to Apple about it. Um, for what it's worth, and I mean, I haven't used it, and I don't know if there's anything, uh, you know. Wrong. If they're actually doing something for uh, for nefarious purposes or not, but uh, let's just say it's it's uh, part of the design. Um, Ars Technica actually talked to um, an organization known as Antennasis. Um, they're involved with mobile device antennas, and um, basically they asked them, you know, is this legitimate? Is there you know something strange going on? And apparently, from what from what Antennasis told uh, Ars Technica. Um, the iPhone 4 isn't the only phone to have a some kind of problem along these lines. Um, partly, this is because of FCC restrictions on where radiation can emit from a phone. Mm-hmm. They try to put uh, the antenna toward the bottom, away from your head, toward where your jaw would be. Um, and I, I, you know, thinking back on it, my Motorola Razor back uh, a couple of years ago when I used one of those, the antenna is, if I'm not mistaken, down toward the bottom, the fat end of the phone where the microphone is as well. Um, because they don't want that up near your brain, I guess. Um, so uh, apparently others like the uh, HTC Droid Incredible um, and Google's Nexus One Android phone and some Nokia phones also have a version of this problem where the antenna is placed on the outside of the case and you can actually touch it and create that uh, antenna circuit 
problem and uh, it will cause uh, reception problems and possibly dropped calls. Um, but it's not just apparently it also has to do with the way the manufacturer tries to get around the FCC regulations and you know work with that and uh, it has a lot to do with a lot of different people apparently but um, certain phones including the iPhone 4 have that problem. Right. Now we've talked a lot about what's on the outside of this device. Why don't we why don't we dive into the device a little bit and talk about some of the the stuff that makes it go. Okay, like maybe the gyroscope? I was going to actually start with the processor. Oh, let's go with the processor. Cuz you know, it's it's a 1 gigahertz uh, ARM Cortex A8 chip. It's the same thing that you find in the iPad. Except Ars Technica says that it does not move quite as quickly. It's not as brisk as the uh, the iPad's processor, at least in their testing. Hmm, um, it does things it does things almost as fast, but it is not as fast. Now maybe that's uh, a result of having the other iPhone guts in there and it's having to run all that other stuff. Yeah, it could be. But um, it also may not be quite as fast. But yeah, Apple says it's a one gigahertz processor. Yeah, uh, it's got 512 megabytes of RAM, um, and uh, now we're going to go into the whole gyroscope thing. Now, so it has an accelerometer like the previous iPhones, you yes. know, which allows you when you you know turn it from portrait to landscape. That's what makes the screen flip. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and uh, can sense motion in certain directions. Now it has also a three-axis gyroscope. Yes, so which that- Steve Jobs used in his uh, keynote speech for the uh, announcement of the iPhone 4 to play Jenga in front of a whole auditorium full of people. Right. And he got roundly mocked by the tech press for playing Jenga. Although, from what I understand, the people, people who were actually there who were not jaded tech journalists thought it was kind of cool. Because yeah. they were developers. They were looking at it not from, oh, this is such a goofy little demo. They were thinking of, oh my gosh, what are the potential uses for this technology? Well, yes, maybe Jenga is not the most... Um, useful application for adding a gyroscope, but it does uh, give you much more control, much more precision over the control that you can, uh, the motion controls in the iPhone. So the gyroscope gives you pitch, yaw, and roll. I love Um, yaw. Yaw. And uh, the accelerometer helps, uh, when paired with the accelerometer and the gyroscope, you've got a six-axis controller. Yes. You you have have, uh, motion detection along six different axes of of motion. So that means that developers can create games or other applications Mm -hmm. that um, can really take advantage of this in ways that the previous iPhones could not handle. And it's also it's it's starting to sound a lot like things like the Wiimote and the Sony's Move controller, mm-hmm. yes. which also have these these gyroscopes and accelerometers in them in order to uh, translate your emotions into actions in a in a virtual environment. So now the iPhone four could theoretically do the same sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. I would not be surprised to eventually see iPhone type uh, apps that would allow you to control console based. Uh, actions. Yes, it, would, it might take a while because you're going to have you know, and, and I'm sure they would be branded by whatever company it was that was you know running the console. But you oh, could, sure. so you were, but think about that. You could actually theoretically, because of the the uh, capabilities of this phone, you could turn it into a video game controller for a specific console. Well, the iPhone's already been used. To some degree, as a controller, yeah, uh, for different a, for different applications and for remotes, mm-hmm. you can use it as a remote controller for certain uh, certain electronic devices. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's, this it's not unheard it, of. But this will make it far more functional in that yeah. in that regard. Now so. I don't know if anyone would ever go through the trouble to actually do that. I mean, 
but it's, it's, it's a potential. Yeah, it's 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 not unheard of. So um, it also has. Uh, uh, there was something else was kind of specific. oh the battery yeah I was going to talk about the battery life yes so one of the things about the iPhone four is that the battery life is actually much longer than it uh, than previous iPhones uh-huh. um, in fact uh, even though it's a thinner device the weight of the phone might surprise some people they think mm-hmm. like oh it should be lighter than the old iPhones because it's thinner. Um, it's about the same. Yeah. And some people think that the reason why it's about the same is because the battery is actually larger. Mm-hmm. So even though it's lost some, some, uh, girth, <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's still, it's still the same weight because of the battery. Uh, Apple says that the battery will give you up to seven hours of talking, uh, time mm-hmm. without, without a need to recharge or six hours of browsing if you're on a 3G network or 10 hours of browsing if you're on Wi-Fi. Yeah. And over 300 hours of standby power. Okay. Which is pretty awesome. Ars Technica found uh, about 25 hours of general use. Um, video, about 11 and a half. Music, about 25 to 30, if you're playing. See, now this, is, what, this is what's kind of interesting, because Apple's claims are way lower than those numbers. Yeah. But I guess that's par- part of the pro- thing is that, you know, they don't want to make a claim and then have someone come out with it saying, oh, it's nowhere near that. And I and I wouldn't want to either. I yeah. understand why they would do that. The recharge cycle, too, uh, that they found was about an hour and a half. Which really not bad. No, at all. no, not bad at all. That is phenomenal. I mean, you know what? As much as I've said, like I'm not really that interested in getting an iPhone or whatever. The iPhone four, a lot of the features have me interested in. I mean, yeah. I've thought about the potential of once my contract is up, moving to AT and T and getting an iPhone. Um, that would be a good segue because I was going to add this point. Yeah. Um, Last night, the day that we're recording this, the rumors started breaking last night. Uh, Bloomberg Business Week uh, said that they had heard rumors that uh, Apple might be bringing the iPhone 4 to Verizon's network. Now, we've which heard be a departure from AT&T being the exclusive provider here in the United States. Right. Now, and we should we should point out a couple things. First of all, uh, we, rumor. we are yeah, well first of all rumor second of all we are aware that in other countries um, the iPhone can be found on multiple carriers within certain countries right that's which not is awesome here not in the United States yeah in the United States AT&T is the only network that well, that carries the iPhone there was an exclusivity agreement yes. that I had heard originally spanned five years and it was signed in 2007 which would mean that we'd still have a couple years to go before we see the iPhone on any other right. carrier but it's really never been made public exactly how long that agreement is. Right. So the 2012 figure may be made up of out of thin air, yeah. right? It may be that that's not accurate and that we could see uh, an iPhone on Verizon by the end of the year. However, I will also say that these same rumors have been around ever since the iPhone debuted. Yes, that's true. A lot of people have been uh, been itching to see this happen. Um, so we're talking three years of rumors of the iPhone going somewhere else, and so far it's stayed put. You know, one of the one of the uh, aspects I've seen uh, added to that rumor is that it would be on uh, Verizon's LTE network. That's that's four G communication. It's a com- uh, competitor to WiMAX. I think right. we've talked about it at least once. Yeah, on our podcast. And the thing is, um, Verizon's network four G network is currently being built out. <laughs> Um, also, there are no uh, LTE phones here in the United States yet, and so we, I don't know that it would happen like... Sprint has one. Do they really? Yeah. Sprint has an LTE phone. Okay. 
Because yeah, when I was yeah. reading this, I had seen something that said there weren't any. Or is it yet. a WiMAX phone? It might be. Actually, I think it's a WiMAX phone. WiMAX. Yeah, well, it's, that's Sprint 4G, is, but it's Sprint not. Because Sprint is WiMAX, yeah. So it's a 4G phone. It's just not an LTE It's not an so LTE right. phone. Um, good, because, you know, no, I actually read it in a legitimate <laughs> news outlet. Um, the thing is. Uh, I only get my news from illegitimate outlets. <laughs> But uh, the guy down the street tells me stuff. <laughs> Richard dies of scum and villainy. Um, <laughs> no, it, that would be a thing, though. Um, if you're expecting it, you know, hey, it's January 1st, 2011. Where's my Verizon iPhone 4? Well, it probably if, if that's if that's contingent, if the rumor is contingent on that happening, it's probably not going to be the very, very first part of next year because there's a lot of work to be done building out the network to make it to, to provide support for it. Well, not only that, but so even if it's would, not like I wouldn't. Hold the other breath. big deal is that is that the iPhone runs on GSM technology. Yeah, the current Verizon, one would be and Verizon uses CDMA. And whereas three G network, right? But you have to imagine that a phone cannot be exclusively four G. I can't imagine why you would want to limit yourself to a network you're building out that way. Now. Right? Exactly. Just like just like phones right now, three G phones are not exclusively three G. They also run on the two G two G networks. Uh, networks because if you made them exclusively three G, you're you'd be very limited in where you could use that phone. Yes. So and for phone calls, that's not really so much of an issue. It's more of an issue for data. It can be an issue, though. Let's say because well, yeah. it's a cell phone, it's portable, so you can move in and out of networks very quickly. And there's some well, areas that have a lot of 3G support, but not not all of them. Like in Atlanta, there there are very you can go through a neighborhood and go from a 3G supported area to 2G. Well, what so, I, what I mean is, if you're going to use it to make phone calls, switching from a 3G network to a 2G network isn't nearly as critical of oh, an issue, right, 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 as it would be if you're you know surfing the web and then. You know, you move to yes. the 2G network and then, yes, wow. because then you slow down significantly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was just talking That's about what from I meant. a dropping a call perspective. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. Switching, well, I mean, moving from one tower to another, sometimes the handoff is not, yeah, not so sweet. It's not, not completely smooth. <laughs> and then really, that's the case for pretty much everybody, <laughs> yeah. I think. That's not no, that's to phone or, or network carrier. or right, right. Yeah, carrier. But anyway, so GSM yeah. is the technology that AT&T and T-Mobile use in the United States. It's also the technology that's most widely used throughout the rest of the world. Um, whereas Verizon and Sprint both run CDMA technology. So yes. it's, it's, and the two are not compatible. And we've talked about that in tech stuff before as well. That is correct. Uh, so for the iPhone 4 to go to Verizon, it would also mean that you would need a CDMA chip in there instead of a GSM chip. Mm-hmm. Or in addition to, uh, and I, I'm guessing just based upon the form factor that there's not a whole lot of room to squeeze in extra components, so you would have to switch them out. So you're, uh, you wouldn't be able to take, like you wouldn't be able to buy a, uh, an iPhone 4 with no contract with AT&T and then port it over to Verizon. No, you can see that with the uh, Google Nexus One Android phone. Yeah. Because there is one that can be used on CDMA and there is one that can be used on GSM, but, you know, you can't. You can't have go one back do, and forth between both. the two, right. Um, and, by the way, you can buy an iPhone 4 without a contract if you want to, but that doesn't mean that you can move it to a different network. It just means that you're paying month to month as opposed to agreeing to a two-year right. deal with AT&T. Um, and uh, oh, I guess we should mention that there are two different uh, capacity versions of the iPhone four. Right, there's the 16 gigabyte and the 32 gigabyte, mm-hmm. which is you know that the reason you need those larger sizes because you know before it used to be like eight gigabytes was the big one. Um, now that now that they can 
capture video uh, in, in a higher resolution, and you can also do some video editing on the iPhone 4, um, you need that extra space. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you just run out pretty quickly. Also, they, they switched to, from SIM to micro-SIM. Oh, yeah, that's right. For the iPhone 4. Right. And then, again, the reason for that, at least what Steve Jobs says the reason for that, is uh, so that they can make more room for the battery. Right. So they had to go to micro-SIM instead of keeping it. So you can't use your old SIM card in the uh, iPhone 4 unless you shave it down. I'm going to look this up real quick, too. But uh, I'm, I'm willing, I think, if I'm not mistaken, Apple did the same thing with the iPad. That the uh, 3G has a micro-SIM in it. But I'm not 100% certain. So I'm looking that up as we talk. <laughs> All right. Well, then I will, also, for me. I will also mention that if you are curious as to how much uh, radiation you are absorbing when uh, you use your iPhone 4, according to the report I read in uh, uh, CNET, it, is, it has a SAR rating of 1.17 watts per kilogram, which is underneath the 1.6 watts per kilogram limit in the United States. Wow. And yes, the uh, the Wi-Fi and 3G version of the iPad uh, uses a micro SIM card tray as well. So um, I'm wondering if Apple's. I mean, obviously, it's more important for the iPhone than it would be for uh, you know an iPad. But um, right. it seems to me that Apple's probably standardizing as it usually does with things like this. They pick a format and go, okay, this is the the one we need for this purpose. So let's make it. Universal, so we don't have to mess with the other stuff. Let's talk very quickly before we wrap this up. Um, sure. I wanted to talk about one specific function of the iPhone 4 that is not found in any other Apple product right now, which is FaceTime. Oh, yes. I mentioned okay. it earlier in the podcast. Mm-hmm. So FaceTime is the video calling uh, software that is included with iOS 4, and only the iPhone 4 supports it. Right. You can only use it with a fellow iPhone 4 user. At this point. At this point. Uh, so at, at, as of the time that we're recording this podcast, there are very strict limitations on the FaceTime. Uh, you can use either the front or back-facing camera when you're using it once you once you make your call. Yes. But you can only call other iPhone 4 users and you can only do it over Wi-Fi. You cannot do it over the 3G or Edge networks. Yes. So if you want to make one of these calls, you have to be in a Wi-Fi hotspot and you have to call another iPhone 4 user. Yes. Uh, we expect that that will probably change over time, especially as Apple introduces new products. I mean, we may eventually see an iPod Touch that has a camera or what I think is the most realistic um, development is we'll see an iPad oh, yeah. with a, a camera that will allow you to make the video calls. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so uh, I've heard that this feature is pretty neat. I hear that the the video is, is not bad. Uh, there's not a whole lot of issues with clipping and that kind of stuff. Um, it's not necessarily the highest resolution that you've ever seen, although if you're using the back-facing camera, it'll the quality will be a little bit better. You just won't be able to see the other person. Right. At which point, I'm wondering, why are you bothering with a, <laughs> a video call in the first place? <laughs> but it's, it seems like it's a pretty cool feature. Now, I don't know how other developers are going to respond to the, to the whole FaceTime thing, like mm-hmm. developers like, let's say, people behind Skype. Where you think, well, why are you allowing this Apple-backed uh, video calling service, but you won't allow necessarily the Skype version? Like, why can't we tap into that same thing? Right. And, uh, and currently, the Skype version is only for voice. 
Right. So you can't do the video call Mm -hmm. right now. So it remains to be seen how that plays out, whether or not FaceTime will be opened up enough so that other developers can take advantage of that and, uh, and build in new, um, new features or whether or not it'll get opened up to the point where people who are on other devices that aren't even owned by Apple, if they can do video calls with someone who has an iPhone 4. Yes. Uh, that would really surprise me. To see that, I would be shocked if, let's say that Android, there's an Android handset that comes out that also has a camera that also can do video calls. Mm -hmm. Because, I mean, this is not the first phone that could do video calls. Right. There have been other ones before it. Um, It would really shock me if Apple opened it up enough so that the Android user and the iPhone user could do a video call between the two. Or if somebody else came out with an Android app that would work on, say, a BlackBerry, like a third-party Manu- right, uh, right. software developer that came out with something that worked on BlackBerry, Nokia, uh, Android, and they wanted to put it in the iPhone App Store, whether Apple would actually go, e- no. Yeah, yeah. So we'll have to we'll have to keep an eye out on that. But that's the the skinny on the iPhone four. I uh, hope that satisfies all of you people who have written in multiple times asking us to do an iPhone four podcast. Uh, it does look like a pretty cool device, and. Um, and uh, I, admittedly, I am tempted to switch over once my contract is up, uh, assuming there's not some amazing Android device available for me to upgrade to. Well, uh, you know, since I'm still holding off on the smartphone thing, uh, I'll just keep watching and see what happens. But I do think that the uh, the iPhone is uh, the kind of th- device that ups the ante for everyone else, um, which is good, I think, because yeah. I think it will also inspire the you know, HTC and Motorola and some of the others to continue building um, fantastic new devices with more and more um, capabilities. And it's, you know, it's going to be good for the market in, um, in general, I think, to have new New devices with uh, better technology like that. Uh, so. Competition is always a good thing. Oh, yeah. So that wraps up this discussion. If you guys have any questions, if you want us to cover any other specific kind of technology, let us know. You can write us. Our email address is techstuff at howstuffworks.com. And Chris and I will talk to you again really soon. If you're a Tech Stuff fan, be sure to check us out on Twitter. Tech Stuff HSW is our handle, and you can also find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash techstuffhsw. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit howstuffworks.com. And be sure to check out the new Tech Stuff blog, now on the HowStuffWorks homepage. Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you?